running for the touchdown. Jackpot, baby. Josh Jacobs. Welcome to the JT The Brick Show. Always exciting to play at home. We all want to play at home, and this is an unbelievable venue to play at. It's time for the JT The Brick Show. On a personal level for me, I just we can't wait to get to game day, right? We can't wait to get on the grass. JT The Brick. Cars up underneath James. Going to fire quickly. Jackpot, baby. Touchdown, Raiders. On Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your host, JT The Brick. JT with you as we open it up live from Raiders headquarters. How about that? The Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. As we get rolling out of the gate here on a Friday, not a getaway Friday. We're going to be here. We're going to take your calls and a lot more to get to as we open up the show. You know, the phone number is 702-365-9200. And we're going to work through a little technical glitch to start it off so I can hear people. And then we'll get rolling here with a big show lined up. As there's a lot happening as I'm in the building here. And we're talking and Bobby can talk to me if he can down the line and tell me I'm here. And we're ready to go. So here we go. A lot to talk about today because i got a question. All week long we've been trying to figure out what the topic's going to be every day. Because as I'm in the building today, they are interviewing. Interviews are happening. There are rumors And we are not privy to any of it, nor should we. They're going to make decisions. There are individuals involved in that decision process. And we are going to figure out eventually who the next GM and the head coach are going to be. There are some hirings. The Giants made a hiring, which I'll get to earlier today. They go to the Buffalo Bills to get their new GM, which is fine because I think the teams now that the league are looking at and the other vacancies are looking at is the trees and the coaches and the GMs from the Colts, the Bills, and the Patriots. That's what's happening now. There's a run on the individuals in those organizations, possibly Baltimore too, because Baltimore under Ozzie Newsom and that organization has done a really good job over the last decade or so, if not even longer, like Pittsburgh, perennial playoff teams, with assistant GMs, assistant coaches, and individuals like Bruce Arians, who went on to be in that system and ended up winning a Super Bowl last year for Tampa Bay. So the Raiders are in that a process right now, and they're trying to figure it out. And I think it's interesting because there's a lot of buzz around who the Raiders are going to hire at the GM position, and would the GM want to hire the coach quickly or wait a little bit here? And, and, and figure out the organization and the structure of the contracts and what they're doing before they bring in a coach, that could be a good fit. Also, the rumor today, and talked about by Albert Breer, around the league, Josh McDaniel's name is surfacing as a potential candidate for the Silver and Black. The offensive coordinator of the New England Patriots, former head coach of the Denver Broncos, who has sat back in the past and just picks and chooses the job he wants. And if he doesn't like the job, Josh McDaniels has the balls to just step aside and say, I'm not going to take it. I'm not going to take that job at all. I'm going to wait for a better job. Well, potentially, would he consider the Raiders if the Raiders offer him an interview and the opportunity to look at the structure of the organization and become the head coach, which I didn't see, and a couple of people are talking about that today. We know that Rich Basaccia, a person that is so highly respected by me and everybody in this building, already interviewed But there are more interviews coming up here. And the alluring gossip of Jim Harbaugh around the league where 
Some of the best insiders from Jay Glazer, Adam Schefter, Jason Lockenfora, the best of the best, have no idea if Jim Harbaugh is thinking of leaving Michigan, if he would be interested in this position, what type of control he would want. They just hired a defensive line coach at Michigan. Some people signal that that'll be Harbaugh's ability to stay within that program there. And also the owner of the Miami Dolphins is the biggest donor to Michigan. And he has the final say on anything because he can pay Jim Harbaugh more than anybody on God's green earth. And he would be weakening Michigan, his alma mater, where he is the number one donor if he takes him to the Dolphins. Because a lot of people think that Stephen Ross loves Michigan more than he loves the Dolphins. Believe that. He's an owner of an NFL team, and he cares more about Michigan than he does about the Dolphins and where he stands in this entire picture. But I wanted to give you a call to action today so you can call in, because that's my job every day to get you to interact with something on Twitter or on the phones. As we're brought to you by PT's Best Happy Hour in Town, 5 to 7, midnight to 2. I will be over at the SG Bar today having a bucket of Modelo some point after the show and some meetings today. Head on out to PT's to watch the Vegas Golden Knights. The call to action today is simple. we got a couple of highlights we're going to play from the year. On Monday or Tuesday, we wanted to do a year in review to take a look back at the entire season, mostly the positives of the Raiders making the playoffs. So we have a couple of highlights that the Raiders put out, and we're going to play some of them here. But I'm only going to play the highlights because I want to set up this conversation. Who is the most valuable player on the Raiders going forward? So let that sink in for a a second and simmer. I didn't ask you who the MVP of this past season is because you can debate it. Carr had a, a great year statistically. Max Crosby was incredible. Hunter Renfro, oh my God, Hunter Renfro, over 1,000 yards and 100 receptions? That's Tim Brown-esque. And then Daniel Carlson. And we wouldn't be talking about the playoffs at all if it wasn't for Daniel Carlson. And then you can go down a different road if you have someone else there that you think should be in this category. But the question is simple. On Raider Nation Radio, the flagship on a Friday, where I expect next week is going to be a very busy week, With the announcement of the hiring of a GM, I would assume that's going to be somewhere on the calendar. doesn't have to be. It could be a week after that. And potentially after that, the announcement of the head coach. And it's just been pure speculation. So today, I want to know from you who is the most valuable Raider going forward. Who is the player that is the most important to have on this team going forward for the building block of the next general manager, the head coach either being Rich Basaccia or someone else. And, you know, again, I'm in the building. Great job, Rich Basaccia. But going forward, you get the choice of one player, just one, who you think is the most important to this organization going forward, that you have to have this player if the Raiders are going to achieve a Super Bowl in greatness as we continue on with the discussion of the foundation, the new foundation of the football side of the building. Who will that be? The GM and the coach go, that's the guy we have to have going forward. Now, the easy answer is the quarterback. The quarterback's the most valuable position in the sport, and the quarterback here is really damn good. And that's important, but he's in a contract year next year, and technically he's in a contract year now because a quarterback of his stature wants to know his future. Max Crosby and Darren Waller are high up on that list. I believe both are inclined and should expect a pay raise 
and be cornerstones of this organization going forward. They're two of the best at their position. I mentioned Hunter Renfro, and the kicker is really important because he wins games. He wins games because he is clutch, and he is clutch in overtime. And again, the kicker is not more important than the quarterback, of course, but the kicker is really important. And then here's the caveat for you. I'm not done yet, everybody, Raider Nation fans. Who could be the MVP going forward outside the building? It's the first time I'm opening that door. That door, big door here at the Raider facility, massive. Got to have a key card to get in. Got to get buzzed in. But maybe there's someone here that you think should be the most valuable, not player, the NVR, the most valuable Raider. And it's fresh now. Brand new, clean slate. Don't know who's coming back. Have an idea who will. But we know nothing. Mark Davis is in meetings as we speak right now in the building. There are people in the building. So we're going to open up with that, and we're going to talk about this and the excitement, and then we're going to go around the league. T.J. Reeves will join us in about a half an hour. He's the Buccaneers sideline reporter, good friend of the show, as the Buccaneers get ready to host the Rams in a massive game. Tom Brady's going to try to win 10 in a row in the divisional round of the playoffs. 10 in a row. I'm not talking wild card, Super Bowls. This round, the divisional round, Tom Brady is 9-0. He's trying to go for a perfect 10-0. If you wonder why Brady is the greatest football player of all time. Uh, Gary Lawless will join us a little bit later on next hour. He's one of the best hockey insiders out there. What a great game for the Golden Knights last night. I jumped out of the roof of my house almost when they won in overtime on the Theodore goal, which was great. And Johnny Katz will join us a little bit later on as uh, I want to talk to him about Louis Anderson passing away, who is a great comic, great TV star. Got a good story about Louis having a dinner with him, and he passed away. And as Bobby knows today, we will only play Meatloaf because Meatloaf passed away also, and we will dedicate the energy of this show to Meatloaf. And if Bobby can play Meatloaf, then I'll know that my sound is working and I can hear music, let alone callers, and everybody else here. So maybe he'll put a bed of meatloaf underneath me momentarily, and we'll see what's happening. There we go. (laughs) Thank you, Bobby. We are back. We are back. Good to know. All right, so meatloaf. And a very interesting story I heard today on the Dan Patrick Show as he explained how meatloaf was named, and I'll quote that a little bit later on in the show. So the number is 702-365-9200 if you want to get in. We did uh, some talk yesterday on the Lakers and LeBron James. But I'm back to Raiders today. Want to know your opinion from the Raider Nation. No more dedicated fan base in all of football and on who will be the NVR going forward. The most valuable Raider as this organization either presses a reset button and tries to progress with a very progressive owner and progress into the future when it comes to the football team, the GM, and the direction they're going to go in. Uh, Very quickly here in the monologue, as we're brought to you by Remy Martin, Team Up for Excellence. Uh, Some point tonight I will have a Remy Martin sidecar in my hand. Uh, We'll go around the league, and I'm looking for an upset. And it's kind of hard to find an upset because all of us are led to believe that the favorites at home in the divisional round, especially the top seeds coming off a bye week, are going to win. And that would be Tampa Bay over Cincinnati. And that would be Green Bay, the one seed in the bye week over the 49ers. 
I'll tell you this, and I know Raider fans aren't going to love this, but it's true. Uh, this 49er team is damn good. A lot of teams want to be the 49ers because they can do it all. They play ferocious defense. They run the ball whenever they want to. They have an elite tight end. And then they got this new player that in Debo, Debo Samuel, who is like a Terrell Owens, Des Bryant, all mixed into one. He can catch. He can run. He can do it all. And the 49ers with Jimmy Garoppolo, who's all cleared to play, pose a really big threat to the legacy of Aaron Rodgers. A big topic on my national show all, all week long has been what happens if Aaron Rodgers loses this game. And I can't envision that. I cannot envision the 49ers going into Lambeau and winning that game. Can't. The weather, Jimmy Garoppolo, I just can't see it. But the 49ers went into Dallas and took that organization and flipped it on its back. And now Dallas is in disarray because of the 49ers. Dallas didn't know what to do on the last play of the game. Mike McCarthy said he was nervous. The team was nervous after the team prayer. And the 49ers have tremendous momentum. So if the Niners win this game, it puts everything into play with Aaron Rodgers. From Las Vegas to Denver to the New York Giants to the Washington football team, whatever the hell they're going to name that team, to New Orleans, because there's no chance that Aaron Rodgers could set foot in Green Bay again. Done. Bring the moving van. Bring the moving van. Get them out. If you can't beat Jimmy Garoppolo and you can't beat the Niners year after year, Jimmy G, they're not rolling it back again. So the pressure on Rodgers is much more enormous than we think. On top of that, Rodgers ran his mouth all year long, which is okay. He's got a tremendous ego like a boxer, like Floyd Mayweather, or someone that just likes to talk and hear himself. He did that all year long about being immunized and not vaccinated, his legacy, he's having fun all week. And Aaron Rodgers knows the pressure's on him this game. I don't see how he can lose. You can make the debate that he's the MVP and had a better year than Brady. I'll make the debate that Brady had the better year, barely, barely, from Aaron Rodgers. Remember, Aaron Rodgers missed a football game. They only played 17, he missed one because of the COVID protocol. Tom Brady did not. And I think that's actually the difference between the MVP award or not. He played in one more game in football and added the numbers that surpassed Aaron Rodgers. The other game that's really unique to me is the heavyweight fight between the Rams and Tampa Bay. I just love the match of Jalen Ramsey going up against Mike Evans. That is fantastic. That's like Ali versus Frazier in their prime. Matthew Stafford now having a win under his belt, which should take the gorilla off his back going up against Tom Brady. The Rams are built to beat the Buccaneers. Can they do that? I'm not going to pick them to do that, but they have the team, the coach, the, the, the defensive player of the year consistently with Aaron Donald to go do that. Uh, Titans and Cincinnati, I really don't have a dog in the fight there. Cincinnati beat the Raiders twice this year. I don't think they were better than the Raiders. Matter of fact, I thought the Raiders were better than Cincinnati in that playoff game where an inadvertent whistle was blown. That could have changed that game and held Cincinnati to a field goal, and the Raiders could have won the game on the game-winning drive or kicked a field goal to tie and go to overtime. But that did not happen. And then the other game that's really important is really another big calling card for the show today. We all have to be on the same page as I'm in the Raider facility again to beat the Chiefs. Get me a call or two today on knocking the Chiefs out of this thing. 
If the Chiefs lose again and they don't get to the Super Bowl, then we're talking about Kansas City being a very good team that can't win it all other than once. Okay, they won Super Bowl four and Super Bowl 54. 50 years in between Super Bowls, and they walk around like they run the league. They do. Their fans are cocky as hell. They hate Raider fans. They beat the Raiders, and if they don't win, they don't tie the Raiders with three Super Bowl championships, and Kansas City goes right back to the drawing board. Very important topic today as we head into the weekend. Before the season started in August, I picked the Buffalo Bills to win the Super Bowl over the Green Bay Packers. I thought that Buffalo would host the AFC Championship game in Buffalo, not in Kansas City, but Buffalo tripped up all year long, including losing at Jacksonville. Now they got to go into this war. If you're into war movies and you, and you like to compare football to war, like a lot of coaches did over the decades, this is an a- epic battle on the battlefield. Two great quarterbacks, I mean great quarterbacks, If you want to know the difference between really good quarterbacks and elite, tune into that game. There are two elite quarterbacks who are very young, who play in the same conference as the Las Vegas Raiders, in Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, including Justin Herbert, who I also have in the elite category, who could be giving the Raiders fits for years to come. So who are you pulling for, Buffalo or Kansas City? I think I know the answer to that. I think I know the answer. Let's hear from you, 702-365-9200. So I'm kind of all over the place today. I got Johnny Katz, our entertainment guy. I got Gary Lawless, our hockey guy. I got TJ Reeves, who's going to jump in and join us from the Buccaneers sideline, which is a really good guest to get today. All we need are some other voices than me because I'm in a soundproof room. And I want to hear from some Raider fans outside this global headquarters. 702-365-9200. Uh, no doubt about it, there are interviews going down in the building as we speak. Uh, I'm not privy to talk about that, but there are interviews going down, and the Raiders are very active in the NFL universe in regards to what they're going to do next. And what they're going to do next, I believe, is hire a GM. And I believe that the GM will have something to say with the head coach and what that decision will be going forward. And then the goal of the GM will be to try to reset the roster to figure out who they're going to keep, who they're going to let go, and then quickly get into the draft and figure out what the Raiders are going to do to try to improve the team via the draft from the combine to the senior bowl and the new GM and who that new GM knows. I talked to someone today who who made a really interesting point to me outside the building that it would be good if the Raiders hired a wise man who's been in this league with contacts for a long time, more so than a young guy in his mid to late 30s who happens to be an analytic guy, knows the draft coming from a good organization because that's a risky move. I tend to agree. I don't know who they're going to hire for GM, but I'd like to see him hire someone with deep roots in the league, with all teams, understanding rosters around the league, been proven before in an organization that has recent success in the draft and free agency, and use that mind going forward to see who the team is. An outsider outside the building who will come into this building in Henderson, Nevada, and say, I like a lot about it. I love the history. I love the history. I love the fans. 
I love the color scheme. I love everything about this team, but I want to put my handprint on it, and we're going to do blank. And that's going to be up to what this guy thinks, what this gentleman thinks, and how quickly it happens. I will tell you, the Giants went first and made a hiring. There are other hirings out there. The Giants hired, uh, shown the executive from the Bills to come in, and that could bring to the Giants a head coach from the Buffalo Bills organization. And Brian Dabble, that could be the next head coach there. So the Giants see something, and they have in the past through the Patriots organization by hiring Joe Judge, who they fired, and now they're staying in New York and looking at the Bills model, thinking that maybe the Bills have some answers with some of the individuals that they have there. So who is the most valuable Raider going forward? The one Raider that you believe must be in this building for this team to go from 10 wins and eventually build a Super Bowl legacy again here in Southern Nevada. 702-365-9200. We go out to Jersey, New Jersey. Mike, you're on Raider Nation Radio on the mobile app. How are you? Hey, JT. It's Mike from New Jersey. How you doing? Good, Mike. What's happening? Well, uh, it's funny that you just uh, – I'm waiting here online and you uh, asked that question. I'll mm-hmm. answer it first, and then I have uh, some commentary and a question for you, if you don't mind. Yep. Go ahead. So the most valuable uh, player on the Raiders right now is, without a doubt, Derek Carr. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know, I know that uh, I've been listening to the callers the last couple of days. It's kind of some are calling in saying to trade. Some are calling in saying that, you know, he's not the issue. I mean, at this point, I think Derek Carr, you know, look at what he's done this season from a, what he's done on the field and off the field. So I believe he's, he's the most valuable part of the, the part, most valuable player right now. As far as the team going forward, and we're hearing about the GM, we're hearing about a, the new coach, mm-hmm. um, I'll ask you, and what I'm worried about is, is this. Gruden has been working with Carr for the last, what, three years now. Yep. He's mastered the offense. We're finally, we were clicking on all cylinders. My fear is this. You bring in a new GM, you bring in a new coach, and Derek's back to square one. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's going to set the whole team back. You have the ear of you, you kind of have you have your ear to the ground. Do you see maybe Mark steering this? So when the new folks do come in, they're going to keep some of the framework in place, so Derek doesn't have to regress, and maybe our team regresses. What are your thoughts there? Absolutely no idea. Thank you. I'm always honest to you. I don't know if the new if the new GM loves the quarterback, then the quarterback stays, and he could keep the offensive staff or some of the offensive staff, or the new GM might hire an offensive mind and could be a part of a hiring of a Josh McDaniels or a Jim Harbaugh or an offensive head coach that would install a new offense with the voice of Derek or not. See, this is a very important question, and I appreciate you starting off the show. Thank you. What's going to happen is the men who play for this team are grown-ass men. They don't own the team. At all. They don't make any decision in regards to who gets hired or not. But the modern-day athlete all of a sudden wants a decision and wants to be part of the decision. They want to be consulted on. They want to have their voice heard. And I believe Derek Carr deserves that, just like Max Crosby does, Darren Waller, anybody else, Hunter Renfro. Their voice needs to be heard. But the decision that's going to be made now because of the John Gruden resignation and the amount of power that he had— which I completely agreed with, and I'm not, you know, not going to change and change on that one. You'd laugh at me if I changed. 
I thought that John Gruden came in, the right guy at the right time, with the principles of what they were doing with the Patriots, which would be a head coach like Belichick, who had the majority of the power, with a complimentary GM, and they would go out there and try to put a plan in place. So I was all for that plan with John Gruden, and we saw what happened with the leaked emails from the Washington football team investigation. Now the decision becomes a little bit different. Most likely, and I don't know this to be true, but most likely it will be hiring a football executive, a GM, who has tremendous football power, probably more so than the coach or equal to the coach. Now, if you hired a coach that was famous like Jim Harbaugh, I would assume that Jim Harbaugh would have a lot of say. If you keep our good friend Rich Basaccia, which a lot of people want to do, then it would be an open line of communication with the current coach if he stays and the GM. You get what I'm saying? And it's really been the theme of this week. Everything is complicated. I really believe these decisions are super complicated. I saw my buddy Jason Fitz say, he was on ABC television, I saw it locally, uh, last night that this is the biggest decision Mark Davis has had to make as an owner. I agree with that. I think it's a very important decision he makes from the football side. And he's consulting with certain individuals about these decisions coming up, but it's ultimately Mark's decision. And Mark will decide who he wants to be the face of the football team as the GM and what that role will be with hiring the coach and the amount of power between that GM and the coach, which is complicated because I thought Mark hit a home run when he initially hired Gruden. Jack Del Rio was doing a nice job. We we all liked Reggie McKenzie. But Mark made a big swing at home plate. The guy he always wanted, always wanted, since he was traded to Tampa Bay, was available. He only wanted one job, which was this one. And he came back with a big, big contract with a lot of power. And I was all for that. Now there's going to be a different philosophy, I would assume. It's going to be fascinating to see who that gentleman is, who's going to have a lot of power here, and how he will distribute that power in the decision process with the head coach. We're all trying to figure that out, everybody. (laughs) Right? That's why I'm in the building today. Didn't know if the announcement would be made today, next week, the beginning of the following week. But you listen to this flagship station, and you'll hear it here first. 702-365-9200 as we open up the show. When we come back, more on the most valuable Raider going forward that you believe needs to be the cornerstone of the franchise. We'll go out to Tampa and preview the Buccaneers and the Rams, which is a big game. Gary Lawless on VGK. Man, I love that hockey team. And the Fortress was rocking last night. And Johnny Katz on the life of Meatloaf and Louie Anderson. May they both rest in peace. It's a, corner. it's a fake. Ty Long's going to throw for the first stop. Incomplete. Renfro came up and Jordan. Charge the receiver. What a hit by Renfro. He saw the fake. It was going to be a first down. And he ripped into the young man who caught the pass. And it will be first and ten for the Raiders. What a play. What a play by Hunter Renfro. What a play. What a play-by-play call by Brent Musburger. Give the man his due. The legend. That was number 10 of the top 10 plays of the year for the Raiders. 
Uh, Raiders put that out all on social media and on their site, so we'll get to the top five uh, next hour in the show. But we'll be playing some of the rejoins here. I wanted to do that earlier in the week, but then the announcement of the dismissal of Mike Mayock, uh, that was a big thing earlier in the week, and now we've been talking about the GM hire and what's going to happen potentially with the coaching decision. But I wanted to do all along this week uh, top ten moments or the highlights of the season, and we could also get your calls in on that today too. I had a great time at the stadium. Uh, the year before, there were no fans, and it was like a zombie apocalypse movie as Eric Allen and I walked out and had to remind people we were still in the building as they opened up doors and cast registers were covered in plastic and there was no one there. And then we go into year two, the first year with fans, and it was incredible. place was packed, every ticket, the tailgates were great, fans were having an unbelievable time, and the entertainment, the concerts during the game, the pregame entertainment – and the Raiders made the playoffs, and they bookend the season with Monday Night Football beating Baltimore. You could say knocking Baltimore out of the playoffs. You actually can. Remember, Baltimore was playing the final week to try to get to the playoffs out. One of the losses with the Raiders. And then the last game of the year, which was an instant classic, as the Raiders eliminated the Chargers. And we spent a lot of time on this show talking about how important it was to eliminate the Chargers. Because like in Game of Thrones, when you hear winter is coming— the Chargers are coming. You are not going to keep Justin Herbert out of the playoffs every year. You're not. He's that good. He's super elite. And he's going to be in the playoffs probably a bunch. And Patrick Mahomes is going to be in the playoffs a lot. And the goal, like it was last offseason, is to keep Aaron Rodgers out of Denver. Because Aaron Rodgers has got plenty left in the tank. Plenty left in the tank. And Denver seems to want him at all costs. So we'll go through these top 10 plays. T.J. Reeves down in Tampa in a few moments. Your phone call, 702-365-9200. Every Saturday, sometime late morning, mid-afternoon, I'm at Area 15 hitting golf balls at our great place that we love, Five Iron Golf. Uh, Play any golf course in the world. Their simulators, brand new equipment, not like the other place in town with garbage equipment where every ball gets shanked and goes 30 yards. Play with the best equipment in town, Area 15, the home of Five Iron Golf. Passionate Raiders here every day. We appreciate your support. Go ahead. What's up? What's up, JT? Good afternoon, man. I think you misunderstood me a little bit yesterday, but it's all good. My point, I thought you wanted me to be the GM for the day, so I was taking, I was taking that chance and riding with it, man. But, uh, man, my, my MVP right now, man, it, it really, man, you asked that question, man, and, and I've been sitting here spinning in my head, and really, who could I really put it on? And it just keeps spinning me back to Mark Davis, man. It's gonna, whatever Mark does is going to depend on what happens with the biggest position on our team, is, which is the quarterback. You said it. The quarterback is number one. We've got to see, and we've got to see what decisions are made. This is going to determine what this position is going to do, the most important position on the field. We're either going to have a happy quarterback or we're going to have a new quarterback, or we're going to have an upset quarterback. He's got to be the MVP, JT. And going forward, if I could have a pick, and I could go pick my guy, man, I kind of like that Wilson, man. I think Wilson, Russell Wilson looked good in black and silver as that future MVP. Drop him in with the, with the three players. Give us three players on each side. I think he could work magic over here, man. I, re- I really think he could come and plug and play right away, and we'd stay competitive. We've got the guys in there, JT. You know it. We know, we, know it. we know what Raider Nation wants, man. This is the first year we've been in the playoffs in a long time. Was it a, 
Was it an easy playoff run? By no means. Was it kind of sloppy? It was. But these guys buckled down when they had to. They got together as, as men. They put the shield first, and they went out there and they laid it on the line. It sucks it ended the way it did, but we're coming back, JT. The, the, the foundation's there. Mark yep. just has to make the right moves, man. Appreciate the call. Thanks, Thanks for checking in. And, again, Derek Carr is the quarterback. He's under contract. I'm not, uh, not going to be speculating about Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, anything until the status of the quarterback is established long-term or whatever decision's being made. I've been pro-Derek Carr since he's come to the organization. I remain pro-Derek Carr coming off this season here. Are there guarantees or are no guarantees? No guarantees on the interim head coach, the quarterback, and a lot of guys under contract. And that's what happens in the NFL. It's big boy football. It's not college football. It's not name, image, and likeness. It's the NFL where every year the roster changes and the roster changes dramatically. Dramatically. But that's a great segue because the roster didn't change at all. They brought every single player back to Tampa where T.J. Reeves joins us, the Bucks sideline guy, who's done a little play-by-play, too, with this proud championship organization. How are you, T.J.? Hey, it is great to be with you on a Friday, and it's great to be talking about the divisional playoffs. The next step up the ladder for Brady and company, and the excitement is building here with the Buccaneers hosting those Rams, JT, in this matchup on Sunday. Let's talk about the health of the Buccaneers first. For those who are listening from a gambling perspective or not, this team was banged up big time down the stretch, especially on the defensive side. They did not secure a bye week, so they played. They, I thought they had an easy game with the Eagles. Eagles got some backdoor points at the end of the game, but talk about the health, especially on the offensive line today. So that's the biggest thing, and the right tackle who just got all-pro last week. The Buccaneers have never, JT, in their 46-year history, had an all-pro offensive lineman. Tristan Works, the second-year player out of uh, Iowa, has just been phenomenal blocking on on the right side of the line, a lot of times one-on-one. He got hurt early on in the game, tried to come back later in the first half and play, could not. It is anybody's guess, my friend. Can he go and how well can he play if he does go? He's young. It's a high ankle sprain. He was out there on Friday afternoon with a helmet on in the part of practice, and you know how this works, Mm -hmm. part of the practice that the media could see, but nobody actually saw him practice. So it's a cloak and dagger mystery on whether he can play. If he can't, then that's probably advantage Rams Mm -hmm. with Vaughn Miller, who loves to line up on the left end over the right tackle. The Buccaneers are going to have to adjust, have tight end over there, have running back over there. We'll see. The center, Ryan Jensen, his ankle injury not believed to be as bad as Tristan Wirfs. He's a gamer. He will play. Buccaneers hope to welcome back, by the way, Leonard Fournette off of injured reserve. Hurt his hamstring in the game on Sunday night with the Saints late in the year. Has missed now the last three games, including the playoff game. Fournette expected to be activated and expected to play a bunch. So there's there's the latest that Dr. TJ has with the brick on a Friday. And TJ Reeves, that's great information. That's the most accurate information you'll get anywhere in America on the status of the world champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Brady threw for 5,316 yards, 43 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. Stafford not too far behind. 4,886, 41 touchdowns, 17 interceptions. So let's talk about Brady. No Antonio Brown the health of Godwin and what's happened along with his progression and this heavyweight matchup 
with Evans versus Jalen Ramsey. I, I said it before you came on. It's like Ali Frazier in their prime, one of the great wide receivers we've seen in this league and arguably the best cornerback. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. And, again, Brady's been amazing. I don't know how many times I've been on all these interviews saying the same thing. He's still got it. At 44 years of age, the arm strength is still there enough within reason to make the throws. Uh, they didn't throw it deep a lot last week at all because of the wind conditions, WIND, the windiness at Raymond James Stadium, and the fact they got up 14 nothing and didn't have to throw it. But he can throw the ball down the field still. And you don't accidentally, as you just laid out, throw for 5,000 yards and 43 touchdowns. You do that because you can still put some zip on the ball and get it where it has to go. Yes, they miss Chris Godwin uh, with the injury, the ACL injury. He is out for the remainder of the year, and the playoffs can't come back. The Evans situation with Ramsey, will Ramsey be on him the entire game? It's interesting in the first matchup, they didn't put Ramsey on him the entire time when he was switching sides. Uh, and, and Evans actually had some catches in that game. So will the Rams adjust? Will Raheem Morris, the former Buccaneer head coach, who's now the D coordinator, will he switch that up and say to Jalen Ramsey, this is like basketball, man-to-man, you go get your man. Everywhere he is is where you're going to be to play him man up. We'll see if that's the case Sunday. I, I think a bigger concern is Rob Gronkowski, uh, who has looked like a reborn Gronk, a Gronk of five years ago down the stretch of this season now, and whether or not the Rams have enough safety help because they are on about the third or fourth safety right now because of injury, Gronk could be the bigger deal down the middle to keep an eye on as one of Brady's favorite targets. T.J. Reeves, the Buccaneer sideline guy, kind enough to join us before this huge game coming up, an NBC game, 12 Pacific, uh, Pacific 3 Eastern. It's a heavyweight fight. I want to jump in and talk about the Bucks defense because Odell Beckham Jr. has emerged. I always thought he was this player, but there's always a problem with him. Injury, chemistry with the quarterback, not anymore. He, he's a big-time player once again, but Cooper Cup had a Jerry Rice-type season, one of the great seasons of all time for a wide receiver. How did the Bucks defend them both? Well, Cup has been a Buccaneer killer, even going back to the 2019 season when he had a great game at the old L.A. Coliseum. And then, obviously, last year on Monday Night Football had a big night in a win in Tampa. And again, in the September game, he caught uh, seven or eight passes again and caught another touchdown. So he is priority number one. You cannot let him. Bruce Arians uh, just said to the media a little while ago, you cannot let him do things after the catch. We have done a poor job of containing him and getting him on the ground after the catch. That's got to continue. And on the Odell Beckham front, uh, he has been a great weapon to this point for the Rams, but uh, Carlton Davis is a good cover corner. Carlton Davis did a good job last week on Devontae Smith, the rookie. Uh, I think he's got some skills. He's about a fourth or fifth year player. He's going to have his hands full. We'll see. And the real, the real concern is Matt Stafford. And will Matt Stafford make a critical mistake or two in this game? He has never won a road playoff game. And now mm-hmm. they venture on the road here in a jacked atmosphere with the pressure and the eyeballs on him, will he throw the early interception that we've seen in a couple of their losses uh, this season? Will that happen Sunday? And if it does happen Sunday, it could be big trouble uh, because the, the momentum builds for Brady and the offense, the crowd is on you. Uh, that, that would be advantage Buccaneers if Stafford's making mistakes. T.J. Reeves, one more football question. I'm sitting in the Raiders facility today. And it's all about culture, a new JM. Mike Mayock was relieved. Remember John Gruden, who everybody still knows in Tampa. 
and as they go in a different direction and have to make a decision on a head coach. You've been with the Buccaneers organization for quite some time. Tell me the of the culture because it's easy to say Bruce is a guy who has a cocktail after practice wants everybody to be with their family and kids very grounded at this stage of his life and Brady is the greatest grinder diet health and fitness and being prepared film study than anyone who's ever played this game no debate but what else is going on in that building that impresses you top to bottom ownership down to the Talboys and gals who work there, on why it's working so well in Tampa Bay. Well, I think you started correctly with Bruce Arians, and he set the tone with the staff that he brought in, including Todd Bowles, who had been with him before he became the coach of the Jets, and is now back with him as the defensive coordinator. Byron Leftwich is a rising star, former quarterback in the league, play caller. Byron Leftwich is going to get a shot if he wants to be a head coach in this league, either this year or next year, depending on what he wants to do. There's a lot of belief. That when Bruce Arians, when, it's not, I don't know if it's this year, if it's next year, when Bruce Arians is done here, which would be the heir apparent maybe as a coach. That's just me saying that speculatively. I don't know. But that, that really established the culture in the beginning in 2019. And this team was stocked with talented players. You mentioned Evans. Uh, you know, the, the Levante David is one of the best linebackers in football that doesn't get a bunch of notoriety. But th- this team, and Dominican Sue, uh, right on down the list to Shaq Barrett as a pass rusher, Chris Godwin emerging as a receiver. Now you sign Tom Brady, and that really established things from a leadership standpoint, from a winning standpoint, and it has been about business now the last couple of years and taking care of the business. And, and Brady, you're right, has, uh, has said all the right things and is locked in, and I think a lot of people are following him in that building and in that room because they they realize you've got a chance to do something special right now. Only the Brady, Belichick, 03, 04 Patriots have done this back-to-back in the 2000s. It used to be common in the NFL in the 80s, the 90s, where teams could go back-to-back. That's what the Bucs are trying to do, and Brady, you're right, it's business. Uh, And I, I think the other guys, the younger guys, are looking to him and following suit. As much as we both love the history of Lambeau Field, if the Niners come through and win at Lambeau and you beat the Rams, you are sitting back having donuts with your twins, the two seed, waiting for another home game where Brady last year when you got that beautiful Super Bowl ring had to go on the road, had to go on the road for all this unbelievable drama, and the Super Bowl was in at home again. Are they talking about potentially – Tampa getting another home game if the Niners can take control of Green Bay? We're not just saying yes. We're saying, my God, yes. <laughs> I mean, if John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan, Garoppolo, and that 49er D can somehow put the whammy on Aaron Rodgers and company and get the win, how ridiculous would it be after a year ago having to win all three games on the road, albeit no fans at any of them, in Washington, basically. Washington, New Orleans, and Green Bay, no no fans at Washington, very few fans, fewer than 5,000 at New Orleans in the Superdome. Are you kidding me? And then Green Bay, well, I mean, last year at Lambeau, they were only supposed to have like 12,000. They ended up letting in about seven or 8,000 more than, than what they uh, were supposedly allowed to do. Uh, it, it will be some atmosphere for them at Lambeau Saturday night with San Francisco. It will be loud, but if the 49ers can win that game, and the Bucks now know that going into Sunday, JT, and have a chance, to be home for the NFC Championship game, 
look out if that happens. And if it does happen, I, I like what's being theorized around here. John Lynch is already in the ring of honor for the Buccaneers. They might retire <laughs> his jersey prior to the game on Sunday if if uh, if the 49ers yeah. somehow get this win and set up the NFC title game. Have a good broadcast. Thanks for doing this. Say hi to Deckerhoff for me, the legend, all right? Absolutely. Fire them cannons uh, in honor of Gene here. We are looking forward to what's going to happen, and you keep bothering me if this goes well because I I love talking about winning playoff football. Let's see if it continues, brother. Thank you. There he is, T.J. Reeves, the Buccaneer sideline guy who stepped in and did play-by-play this year on top of being a great college football play-by-play voice. Yeah, Tampa has a chance as a two-seed, and the Rams could have been a little bit higher up as a two-seed if they didn't lose down the stretch. Remember that loss to the Niners? What a big game coming up here. Uh, JT with you as we continue. Raider Nation Radio, live from the team headquarters in Henderson. Oh, my, what a touchdown would do here for the Raiders on the first drive of the second half. Carr empties the backfield. Offensive line gives him time. Fires deep. Got it. Jackpot, baby! Edwards! Uh, That's the rejoin of Edwards, TD, from Week 10 versus Kansas City. The Raiders' top 10 plays of the year is up on social media, on all their platforms. JT, back with you. Johnny Katz next hour along with hockey. Yes, you'll hear more Vegas Golden Knights here during the offseason. Gary Lawless, as we're playing Meatloaf, rejoins Bobby. And Bobby, you're back at Lotus Broadcasting. Uh, The Bad Out of Hell album, a little bit before my time, but when I got into rock and roll, I must have played it a thousand times. Uh, Meatloaf and the impact that he had in one of the greatest selling albums of all time, which makes him one of the all-time greats, even though not a rock and roll Hall of Famer, which is a tragedy considering some of the people they're letting in who didn't sell anywhere as many albums as Meat. When Meat came out in 1977 with that first album, you could not turn on a radio without yes. hearing one of his songs. That went on for like three years. It was probably, with a couple of exceptions, the largest selling debut album of all time. Uh, For those of us who were lucky enough to go to college and been to college bars when we were there, every night there was Meatloaf playing in a bar, last call, whatever it is, Meatloaf passed away. And also Louis Anderson. I'm going to wait next hour to share a story how I met him through one of my best friends and we had a dinner together. One of the kindest people I've ever met, kindest people of all time. And Louis Anderson, all of the events that he was a part of in Vegas, charity events, Events behind the scenes that no one knew about. His passion for clothing, for the big and tall and the heavy set. Amazing what he did with his money and the impact that he had here in Las Vegas. A Las Vegas legend, no doubt about it. Uh, Rest in peace to Louis Anderson. On top of that, let's go out to Tim in Texas. Hello, Tim. Hello, how you doing? I was just going to say that my MVP is the defense. I know they didn't play good uh, in the middle of the season, but I think a lot of that had to do with uh, injuries and, and plugging and putting people in. But they were, when we really needed them the most, uh, those last four games, I think that they really did well. But um, I was also going to ask you, you probably already talked about it, but I was going to ask you, what do you think about uh, if, we could, if we got Jim Harbaugh as coach? 
Yeah, I, I can't be in that situation. I have to defer and sit out because I work for the coach. And uh, I have oh. no comment on that. And those who know me and know my loyalty to the organization, I, I would never answer that question. I'm in the building now where Rich Basaccia is the interim head coach. And I think the world of the coach here, and he did a lot for me. So I always support the man in place all the time, considering the man in place got to the playoffs. So I hope it's not a runaround question, but it distinguishes who I am on and off the radio and the loyalty I have to people. I'd be nuts to comment on that question as I, uh, I hosted the Rich Passaccia show. I understand. Yeah. I understand. Thank you. I appreciate you understanding that. Thank you. Because some people don't understand. And that's why they wonder. <laughs> they wonder. Some people don't understand. And I got to sit there and I got to explain that to people again. Not everybody understands organizational structure, radio, flagship radio, flagship television. And that's fair. But I think anybody who's been listening to me for 23 years and see how I've treated everybody and how they've treated me is hopefully one of the reasons you're listening to me on the radio. Not only for what we do here with guests and interaction and opinions, but loyalty. I'm loyal to the Raider Nation who put me in this spot. And when decisions are made and and moves are made, we act accordingly with opinions on Raider Nation Radio.